0: The information contained in this podcast is of a general nature and is not intended to be, nor should it be, considered as professional advice. You should not act on the basis of anything contained in this podcast without first obtaining specific professional advice.
1: So we're up to instalment four of Wish Someone Told Me, where every episode I'm talking to a successful small business owner about the rollercoaster ride that is owning and running a small business. My next guest is a kindred spirit. He runs a very successful chiropractic clinic in Perth. Jonathan Langer, he, well, he's been at it for a while now and he knows a thing or two about staffing, business management, the dreaded tax time and also spine alignment, of course. He also has no trouble delegating tasks, something that could be hard to crack. Get it? Crack? We'll chat about being a great boss after this.
0: You're listening to Wish
1: Someone Told Me with Nat Locke. Running a small business can be a lot of hard work. So Bankwest has pulled together some tools to help you succeed. To download templates for your business plan, marketing plan and cash flow forecasting and use online calculators to suss out your cash flow and loan repayments, just jump online to bankwest.com.au forward slash connect.
0: This is Wish Someone Told Me with Nat
1: Locke. Jonathan Langer is the proprietor of Langer Chiropractic and Soft Tissue. Welcome, Jono. Thanks, Nat. So you've been in business since 2002... Were you massively mentored? Did you have a business plan going in? What was your business history before you started the practice? Uh, Business
0: history was zero. (laughs) I had no idea what I was doing, actually, except that I was brought up in a family where my dad owned his own businesses. Yep. But he uh, advised me when I first left uni, when I had um, a couple of options where I could go and practice. Uh, his opinion was I should go to this particular practice because they seem to have more of a handle on the operation of a small business.
1: Right, okay. Because he saw a massive limitation in (laughs) there, I'm I'm certain of that. So he sort of pushed you in this direction so that you could learn on the job how to run a business from another practice.
0: I just think he recognised that it, it wouldn't be all about
1: Um, going in and fixing people up. This is the thing. This is the thing that you and I both have in common is that when we went into business, we thought, oh, we just, you know, roll out the shingle and people turn up and you fix them and then they go home, right? Absolutely. (laughs) A bit more to it?
0: Absolutely, a lot more to it. And I think even still anyone coming out of uni does have that impression a little bit. Uh, They obviously get the opportunity to observe practices who have been around for a while and it seems like it just all rolls quite easily. once you've been doing it for a while, but clearly it doesn't happen that way. So
1: so you went and absorbed how to run a business from this other practice that you worked in Mm -hmm. and then you decided you wanted to go it alone and do your own thing? Correct, yep. So what was was the process for you? What was the hardest part of that process? Actually, at
0: the time, the hardest part was finding an appropriate building. Yeah, Um, it's harder than you think, all that little detail stuff, isn't it? It was, and in fact, the first building I looked at, which was about... Uh, maybe four months prior to leaving my practice, um, which I very I immediately dissed as being inappropriate for what we needed. Ended up being the practice I've been in for
1: sixteen so, years. So and it's still there, aren't I'm you? Still yeah, there. Yep. yeah. And it's
0: actually a perfect
1: building. So why for did I mean. you think it wasn't the perfect one at the time? Oh, too small, too yep. big, too everything. I just <laughs> I, perhaps I was looking for excuses why not to sure. jump in. And did you know anything about negotiating a lease with a? commercial landlord or any of that sort of stuff? No, I didn't know
0: anything about that, actually. Um, But again, had my dad on my side and he's pretty savvy at that sort of stuff. But even still, I did have no experience with any of that. In fact, people will tell you that my mum made my bed until I was about 22. So I actually had to do nothing by myself right up until... And
1: since then, you just haven't made your
0: bed. Exactly. (laughs)
1: Bed's still not made, but you know... Um, yeah, so, so no, I had no experience whatsoever. Yeah, right. So, and then, then you started the business and, and I guess whilst it's not the sort of business that has, you know, stock or, you know, a retail element, you do staff is probably one of the biggest assets that you need in your type of business. How did you go about recruiting staff that were going to fit with your business?
0: Well, that's an interesting story. I had no plan. My <laughs> wife, who was in business. She said, oh, my PA's best friend is looking for a job. And I went, cool, okay, well, how about I meet That'll her? That'll do. <laughs> That'll do. And she, it was about 6.30 in the morning and she rocked up with a massive black eye and I employed her for just on 10 years. So,
1: <laughs> first impressions so, count.
0: <laughs> first, I said, I, I think I said, I don't actually want to know what happened. And mm. um, anyway, she was my first interview and my only interview at that stage and she is still a good friend of mine, and she worked with me for ten years. So
1: that's pretty amazing. Yeah, it was a
0: cool story, yeah. Yeah,
1: and uh, have you had much turnover of staff over the years? Obviously, you've got more than one staff member now. So, have you had to recruit a lot, or do you find they stay for a long time?
0: Um we haven't. We've been fortunate in that we've we've got a, uh, all the people that work with me currently have done for. um Well, there's four of them that have been ten years plus. Uh, one that's six years plus, and another one that's. She's probably into her third or fourth year. Yeah, right. So we've been very lucky in that regard.
1: Um, What's the secret to that? Um,
0: number one, I think being a nice person helps to your staff or to the people that work with you. I think that's what makes my business as, um, I'm not going to say easy, but it it's, it runs well. and yeah. And I feel comfortable leaving the business because I've got the same people who have been there. Yeah. For such a long time, and you know, I, I would say to anyone who asks me uh, what's the most important thing about your business, and I would say it's the people that are in it. Yeah, because it is an absolute nightmare trying to find the right person, and
1: yeah, it can be really difficult. Or you find the right person, and then they have to go on maternity leave, or you know, their husband gets posted over east or something, you know, stuff like that. I lost a few few yep. good staff members that way, and it's like. You know, when you get the good ones you need to hang on to them.
0: You do. And that mm. was a that was actually a lesson that um again I refer to my dad and he had two of his admin assistants for twenty years plus. Yeah, right. In his business and he often said, Once you find them, you know, however you do it, yes. um, you know, treat them well and treat them with respect and, and reward them. Um, appropriately, because it's more of a headache than not when you, you, you yeah you, when you when you lose a good staff
1: yeah remember? how did you even decide how much to pay them that kind of thing I mean I don't need to know the hourly rate but did you did you just decide or pay more than the award or you know are you looking for a job <laughs> um, no but all of yeah. our producers are because they don't want to work with us anymore
0: <laughs> we, we I definitely had a look at the award rates mm. and I've always. Um, believe that paying above the award rate mm. is of good value. It's a good start, isn't it? And I think um, I think that was a that is a good start. But also, I would say that the monetary rewards lose their significance reasonably quickly. So you can give a raise, for example, yes. and it's all there's a lot of excitement around that. But if there's not other supportive and um, positives about being in in your yeah. business,
1: it's not the only thing, is it? It's not yeah. the only thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You strike me as a sort of guy who would be a bit of a um, dictator at work, you know, just sort of yelling at the staff all the time. Pretty much. You got (laughs) me spot on.
0: (laughs) One of the girls said to me the other day, I heard you raise your voice the other day, but I was, and she was surprised, but I was watching the footy. Oh,
1: okay. Well, that makes a lot more sense. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So staffing it, that's one thing. Then you've got to get patients in through the door, which because that's the lifeblood of any business is your customers. Yep. How did you go about that?
0: Uh, I was fortunate when I left the practice that I was previously Mm. working at. Purely out of um, goodwill, I have always given my mobile phone number. (laughs) And when I left and aptly named my practice what I did... After yourself, yes. ...with my name in it... (laughs) Yes, um, they found you fairly easily. ...was pretty easy to find. And so I was very pleasantly surprised um, in the first month... Yeah. ...that I went from a practice, you know, and very... um, Innocently, my behaviour very early on probably helped me to hit the road running, so to speak. Um, So, really, that was (laughs) that I didn't have a plan for how I was going to get people in the door.
1: Yeah. Because at the time, chiropractors weren't allowed to advertise broadly. You know, there were a lot of restrictions on that sort of thing. So, you know, did you do uh, uh, contacting sporting clubs and things like that, getting involved that way, or, you know, get your name out there any other way? I've never really
0: (laughs) done any advertising. Um, what I did for a little while, um, and it was simply accidental, I got asked to do a, a couple of speak, you know, public yeah, speaking yeah. um, gigs, which a couple of those were, were really helpful to the development of my, of yeah, my practice. Yeah. One of them was to about 500 people at a, um, you know, a school seminar yep. for staff. That was early on in, in my practice, and that, that was quite significant, and from that- I did a, a little bit of um, public speaking, which helped generate patients and at least get a little bit of exposure that way.
1: Yeah. And I'm guessing that referrals from your existing patients is the other big way that, that you get new business?
0: Yeah. yep. Yeah. I'd say that um, would be about 90%, yeah. 95%
1: probably. That's the benefit of using the clients that you've got to build your business, isn't it?
0: Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I think in that respect, um, someone who's been personally referred comes in with a degree of trust and or respect already. Whereas someone who may have been cold called will come in not knowing you, perhaps a little bit suspect. Yeah, a bit sceptical. A bit sceptical and and not really have the trust that Mm. someone who's a friend, a brother or a husband, a wife or whatever is Coming in, who may, they may yeah. have already. Um, it's like a have personal endorsement, isn't it? Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Um, and you reward people that uh, refer patients?
0: Yeah, we, we we do try to. And if, you know, number one is is simply a, a thank you because I think that can be. Yeah. Um, people are sometimes embarrassed to, to say thank you. I've yeah. And in fact, I was one of those early on. Yeah. Um, and that's probably something I've learned over the years that people like to be thanked. And, yeah. um, you know, and that's something we try to do.
1: Yeah and and when it's heartfelt I think it makes a difference you know if it was just like the the your receptionist or assistant has just signed a card and sent it off in the mail and it's yeah. just, you know, with a, um, a label that's printed out by a computer, it doesn't have the same impact as a phone call or, yep. you know, um, uh, just to you know, look them in the eye and th- sure, yeah. tell them thanks. It makes a difference, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And what about bringing other chiros in? Because I know you do have one other chiro working with you and mm-hmm. and you've had another one for a short period of time. Mm. How, why did you decide you wanted to bring other people into the practice?
0: Uh, that was... Probably so I could take my holidays. <laughs> yeah, I reckon okay. <laughs> um, it. It, it, was, it was something that I always wanted to do was to work with with somebody yeah. with other people. But it's also something that I, I uh, searched for a long time to try and find the right people. Yeah. Because as much as having good people is so important, having the wrong people can obviously be disruptive to yeah any culture. To yeah, exactly. In yeah. any um, in any industry, I guess so. Um, it took a long time um, John who works with us now and he's been, you know, he's been in my practice for over 10 years as well. So look, I was wanting Once to have get holidays. Once they can't get out, can they? <laughs> no, I lock them into long-term contracts. <laughs> Personal investigators find out any dirt and we uh, <laughs> hold them over going a barrel anywhere. basically. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. And, and then you did get another associate practitioner a couple of years ago, yeah. but not for long. So tell me about that process.
0: Um, well, yeah, look, again, we, we needed another chiropractor mm. as you know, to look after the, um, volume, I guess. Yeah. And again, we took a while finding or looking to find somebody and she, and she was probably with us for about, uh, maybe 12 months. Yeah. Um, but as you know, in our industry, you know, my take on it is that philosophically we've all got yeah. our own take on things yeah. and, and I just think we probably weren't as well aligned, aligned as yeah. what we perhaps as what i perhaps may as have thought we would be
1: we talk about alignment a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when when
0: it's misaligned it's just not going to work. <laughs> That's right. So it, it it's not that it didn't work. It actually yeah. worked. I it worked quite well and yeah. um there wasn't anything you know except that we were perhaps travelling on slightly different yeah. paths and and it was a good thing to recognize that early.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What do you like about being your own boss? Um <laughs> Anything? <laughs> yeah, no. Look, I'm just trying to <laughs> narrow it down. I'm trying to narrow it
0: down. Look, there's so many. There's so much yeah. upside. Um, you know, whether that's choosing your hours, whether it's, um, I guess, choosing over time, the culture of your yeah. business. You know, yeah. it comes down to how we operate the business and and how I want to operate the business. I yep. guess. Um, of course, holidays, etc. It's always um, good to have that the ability to to work the hours that fit into both. Mm family life because I've got two kids and I guess you know as I think about a bit more probably the greatest benefit is that I do get to spend time with my kids either taking to school or picking up and and, um, have the ability to attend some of those things which is important to me. Because
1: you can determine your own hours you've got that flexibility yeah Yeah. that's it's the work life balance that people talk about I suppose isn't it? Absolutely yep. And what don't you like what do you see as the disadvantages of it?
0: Well, you touched on work life balance and I'd say that early in my career yeah. I um, I was a part of two practices and I didn't realise it at the time, but I would say that my work life balance definitely was became a whack? Mm-hmm. out of unbalanced. That was a really good lesson for me when I was about thirty. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I changed things pretty much from that time when I realised that, that I was you know, that my balance was out of whack. And I mean that's been a massive learning Curve, it could have been a a massive heart attack or something more sinister than just being um, burnt out, you know. Yeah, yeah. um, so that was something I didn't like about being my own boss because I, I I would you know openly say I burnt out reasonably young, but learned a lot from that. So no one can accuse me of burning out now, I wouldn't have thought, especially (laughs) not my family (laughs) or the
1: people that work with me. Sick of the side of you. (laughs) Um, and what about all the, um, I I don't want to say boring, but the mundane tasks of running a business, you know, the meeting with accountants and tax time and all those sorts of things. How do you, how do you go with that stuff?
0: I hate all that stuff, to be honest. <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm a good delegator. Yeah, right. I am. So I've got a great um, clinic manager. I've got a yep. great bookkeeper. I've got a great accountant. I've got a great IT manager. I've recognised pretty early that I'm not good at much in business, so I delegate well.
1: <laughs> well, there's a skill in that too, isn't there? <laughs> Isn't that if you can't do it yourself, delegate? Yeah, because it does take the pressure off, I guess. Well, at the very beginning, did you try and do it all yourself? I did do it all myself. Yeah,
0: Yeah. Um, and then there would be a lot of troubleshooting about what I had uh, done wrong, done wrong, mostly to do with numbers. Sure. Um, You know, I did all of the reconciliation of accounts and all that. So so as you do when you first start out, I mean, I don't think there's any other way to do it. But I did work out early on that that wasn't my strength, and you know, I. It's time you could have been spending patience. Like, or yeah, or playing golf. <laughs> or, but, or yeah, yeah, doing almost doing but, almost anything <laughs> else. <laughs> but you know, I think recognising where you have a talent yes. and more importantly recognising where you don't has probably been a, a um,
1: important part of my longevity in oh. business, I'd say. Now this podcast is called Wish Someone Told Me and is there something that You wish someone had told you at the very beginning, so that you could have done it right from from the start.
0: I think the biggest thing for me has been that, um, as I touched on my first employee, who I became good friends with, I found it very difficult to. We became friends very quickly. Yes, and then I found it very quickly, uh, very difficult to um, pull her up or criticise her work we were we became friends. I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> and and I wish someone had a said to me, which I say to people now, and that is set a predetermined time every week to sit down and talk to your staff and say, this is where you're doing well, this is where yep. I'd like to see some improvement, because then it's not so confrontational. Yeah,
1: that's right. If there's a set meeting time, that makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? So yeah. that, that that's what that session's for. And then you can go and have a drink afterwards. That's right. Well, <laughs> yeah. spot on. But at least then yeah. you
0: know that if, if I've got something I've got to bring up yes. in the past... Early, early in my career I would have either sat on it and done nothing and yep. let it stew let it fester let yep. it fester or I would just ignore it and obviously yes. if you ignore it it becomes a norm and then it can keep becoming a bigger problem
1: yeah alright thanks for coming in Johnny. no problem great insight into your business now get back to work <laughs> beautiful thanks for having me <laughs> don't forget Bankwest has a bunch of tools and calculators online to help your business succeed head to bankwest.com.au forward slash connect to check them out Next time on Wish Someone Told Me. In our final episode, we've got running a small business all wrapped up with a little bow for you. I found a place that can help with everything from tax time to staffing to social media marketing and business plans. Definitely worth a listen.